Well, it's my pleasure to be able to uh, introduce uh, Chance to you this morning. Um, I first uh, met, and I use that in quotes, Chance when we moved to Pueblo in 2014. Chance was on the NCAA Division II Championship Thunderwolf football team as an offensive lineman. I read about him regularly in the sports pages of the Chieftain. Chance and the other offensive linemen were a critical element of both quarterback Chris Bonner and kicker Greg O'Donnell's effectiveness. Uh, I, I wasn't, I'm not a football fan, so I had to sort of look up. Now, what does exactly that offensive lineman do? And they, it said that uh, they, out, they protect the quarterback, right, and the kicker. Um, and they're typically the biggest and the strongest guys on the field. Okay, that's impressive. So they can, uh, they can win or lose games. Chance is truly a champion. But most importantly, he loves Jesus. I first personally met Chance when I started doing ministry on the CSU Pueblo campus with the Chinese and other international students. Chance was a leader with FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and we work very closely with the Christian fellowships on campus and still do. Chance is currently the leader of the Pueblo FCA ministry. He's also a graduate of A13, which I talked to you about uh, last week. Because of his familiarity and reputation as a stellar athlete, he has been very effective in discipling the coaches in many sports at, C many sports at CSU Pueblo. Coaches, in turn, as you probably know, can be very influential in the lives of student-athletes. It's a brilliant strategy for evangelism and discipleship, but he can tell you more about that. It's my great honor to welcome Chance Rodriguez to Aberdeen Baptist Church. Thank you. Good morning. I think this one needs to be off, if you know. Okay, perfect. Good morning. Um, as he said, uh, my name is Chance, and um, I have the privilege of speaking with you today. Um, I'm actually pr fairly close with Pastor Greg, um, so he leads our, um, helps leads one of our coaches' Bible studies, or we call it a huddle, uh, within Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, so he meets with John Riston, uh, who's the head football coach at CSU Pueblo, and some other coaches uh, from CSU Pueblo have been a part of that. So that's been a joy of getting to know him a little bit. And um, I want to share a little bit more. Um, yeah, so I grew up around sports and uh, loved, loved, loved sports and competition and uh, working with um, athletes now is what I get to do, coaches and athletes. And uh, I serve in the realm of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, and some of you probably know um, that Linda Pitts and Ed uh, were on the board for a long, long time and still uh, are very, uh, very um, supportive of FCA. And so we are grateful for that. So this church, in, uh, in a way, has been um, very involved. And I'm quickly just going to share a little bit about what we do within Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, so we are not um, uh, separate from the church, if you will, uh, but we want to be a part of what the church is doing. And so we are connecting uh, the three E's that we use are engage, equip, and empower. Uh, so we engage uh, their hearts through meals, um, through food. You know, athletes love food because they're burning a lot of calories and uh, fellowship. And, um, and so currently... 
uh, we have many huddles going on at the university. So a volunteer may be hu uh, leading that. Uh, parents are supporting food. Uh, we'll do a Gatorade, and then we'll go through uh, very basic things, usually depending on the group and where they're at, uh, sharing about Jesus and what he's done for us, and um, introducing them and for them to make a choice to follow him, hopefully. Um, and we've seen God work uh, a ton of now we see uh, senior basketball, uh, our senior basketball girl who we've poured into is now discipling uh, one of the freshman basketball girls. Um, so it's been really cool to see what God is doing. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about what I'm doing. Um, if you're interested even in just talking about and um, supporting in any way, uh, whether that be coming and seeing what we do, um, or just being, hey, I have some extra time. I would love to just come and be a, uh, another person there to pour into young men and women. Um, we would love uh, for you to be a part of that. Um, and we're seeing God do some cool things uh, through that um, as we try to remain faithful. But would uh, covet your prayers uh, in that. Um, in what we do, um, the enemy does not want us to do those things. Um, but we believe God is, is working in that way. So, um, yeah, please be praying for us. Um, I have a cool, I think a cool message um, from the book of Philemon today. But before we do, um, I'm going to pray for us that God would lead and not my words. Um, so, Jesus, we come to you thankful and grateful for who you are, um, that you're sovereign, as Richard was saying uh, this morning. Um, that you are sovereign over all things, um, and we are grateful for that, that you invite us to have relationship with you. Um, and so, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us, that you convict our hearts, that you encourage us, and um, you would uh, lead us closer to you and deeper relationship with you. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I, um, for a long time, did not know really why Philemon was in the Bible. <laughs> it's 23 verses, uh, tw sorry, 25 verses, and doesn't have any chapters, and that might throw you off a little bit. Um, but it is a beautiful book when we get to see uh, what God, um, why God purposed this in this book. Um, and so I'm going to give a little background. Um, so in the context of this, Philemon is a good friend of Paul's, uh, the Apostle Paul. And he um, was saved through the ministry of Paul at some point, And now he is leading a church in his house. Um, and at that time, um, as I've done some research, they, they said that if, if uh, he was able to host someone in their house, he was probably pretty wealthy um, or had money. Uh, our, our guy Philemon, and um, and he uh, was uh, in good fellowship with him. And Philemon, uh, there's there's three people who are really highlighted in this book: uh, Philemon, Onesimus, and Paul, the one writing. Um, so Paul is writing this uh, to um, specifically Philemon. Uh, in order to share about uh, share to Ones uh, about Onesimus on his behalf, and so 
Uh, the first seven verses are really about that. It's an introduction to the book. Um, Paul is writing this. Uh, he's in prison, I believe, in Rome. And um, he's writing this on behalf um, of Onesimus. And so Onesimus is, was a slave, or technically still is a slave, of Philemon's. And he has, as, we, as we'll see as we go through this, he has, he has wronged Philemon. Okay, um, so I want you to be thinking in these three people's context. Paul, okay, he's leader of the church, um, has a lot of say in what and what happens. We have Onesimus, who was who's a believer. He's leading a church and very highly thought about, um, as we read in Philemon, the first uh, four through seven, and and Onesimus, who um, in uh, Philemon's eyes is. Um, not a very good guy. He's a slave, and he has he has uh, stole something or have has wronged um, Philemon. Okay, so I'm going to read four through seven again, uh, just that it'll describe it'll give us a little more context into who Philemon is. Um, so verse four, Paul's writing this. Uh, it says, "I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because of a, because I hear of your love and of the faith." that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So we see Philemon here is doing some awesome things and is refreshing, is probably teaching and, and encouraging um, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, now I want to go into verses 8 through 14 where Paul starts uh, to share something. And again, it was why is this book in here? It's 20, 25 verses. What's going on? I've read, I had read through this uh, times before, and until I was really taught and dug into it, I didn't really understand, like, all right, what's, what's the point of this book? But I'm, I'm hoping to open this up to us uh, so we can see. So verses 8 through 14, I'm going to read and then we'll, we'll break it up. Verses 8. According, accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to you. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might be by compulsion, might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. So Paul, we know, is the guy, really, um, who God set on a mission and um, has, has some pull, right? He's been starting a lot of churches and he's... He was even, uh, we'll see later on in the verses, um, was an impact in uh, Philemon being saved. Okay, 
Um, and he could have just said, hey, you need to do this because I'm the leader uh, and this is how it should be. Um, but instead, he chooses, to choo- uh, he chooses humility in this and he says, um, you know, I could have told you this, but I'm going to walk in humility and leadership and say, okay, I want you to do this out of your own heart. It, not because someone had told us to. And how often, I want us to think about how often, personally, uh, we do it because God said to, rather than out of a heart of joy, because we've had a transformed heart. And so, um, often, um, <laughs> I joke with my wife uh, a little bit, um, that out of, the, out of the mouth, the heart speaks, Right? So often our heart is um, um, not always willing to do it because of maybe sin in our life or because, of, because we want to think about ourselves instead of walk in humility. And so one of the points I want to see as it, when you're in a leadership position, um, try to always choose humility um, and, and allow that person to, for God to work in their heart to act in a, uh, act in a way. It's not behavior modification. The gospel is not behavior modification. It is a heart change. We need a new heart um, because our old heart is, is a stone and we need a heart of flesh. And then secondly, we see in here, um, we see that um, Paul mentions that Onesimus uh, was not a believer before, but has now since meeting with, um, somehow meeting after he has run away, um, he, he becomes a believer. And now he says that he's useful. So in, in verse 11, it says, Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. And so we've seen Onesimus has had a, had a heart change. He became a believer in Jesus Christ. And now he is use, uh, useful. And what's interesting here is, uh, I think uh, Paul is having a little bit of a play on words here. Um, but I think he's sharing something interesting. Uh, because remember, Onesimus was a slave to Philemon. And he was probably useful, right? Um, he was useful in doing things uh, for him. Um, probably did... Uh, did yeah, did some things, a lot of different things for Philemon. And so in our mindset, right, we're like, yeah, he was already useful. Um, but Paul is pointing out here, I believe, in a, a unique way that he's truly useful now. He's useful to the kingdom of God because now he's a believer and he's working it alongside um, to lead people to Christ. And... Um, Four, I can't remember our brother here um, when he was praying for um, the, the offering that it's our choice that we get to uh, come up here and give or ho- however uh, that is. It's, it's our choice to, to do that. And it's cool here because um, Paul is saying, hey, I could have told you to do this, but I want this to be sincerely out of your heart. And um, oftentimes... Um, we want to, uh, or maybe we just do things out of obligation instead of uh, really what's in our heart. And that's something that I've, I've really tried to think about of like, um, am I reading my Bible out of because I need to do that? 
or because my heart desires to be with God. And so, in this, in this situation, uh, Paul is giving him that opportunity uh, to say, um, true forgiveness is from the heart. It's not just saying, hey, I forgive, um, and it's over, but it's, it's really uh, from the heart. It's from, we have to personally decide, not because mom or dad tells us to, or because... Um, um, those pastors tells us to, um, but because our heart desires to. And so uh, the first point I want us to get out of that is forgiveness is truly from the heart. Let's continue on uh, in verses 15 and 16. And I'll read 14 just to make sure we're um, kind of getting the context. It says, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that you, your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. And then he says, for this perhaps is why he has parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. And Paul here is not saying Onesimus deserves forgiveness at all. Um, And I don't believe God is saying, well, we aren't deserving of forgiveness either. Um, And in situations when it's hard to forgive, that person is not necessarily deserving of forgiveness. But he's saying... um, he wants him to go a step further than just saying, forgive this man, but he wants him to treat him as a brother. A brother uh, now in Christ. And I think often, I was talking with John a little bit before this, and I think often when we think of forgiveness to a brother, and, brother or sister in Christ, we say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive them, but I don't want to hang out with them anymore. Or I... I don't want to talk to him at church, or you know, we can do our sep- separate things, um, and I'll when they're around, I'll deal with them, right? Um, but Paul here is saying that you know the true forgiveness is when we have fellowship with one another. I, I serve him as a brother, um, and that's what he's asking on on Philemon. Uh, hey, would you treat him no longer as a bond servant? Um, as just a bondservant, but as a brother in Christ. And so I want us to think about in our hearts when we have chosen uh, to forgive a brother or sister in Christ, have we truly taken that step of really trying to restore and reconcile that relationship um, as Paul calls uh, Philemon here to do? And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's truly loving them. And sometimes it's, it's really hard to do that in, in specific situations when people have really cut deep into our hearts. Um, whereas this, um, this is totally countercultural because in this day, that slave, or Onesimus, should have probably been killed um, or hung um, because of he not only ran away, but he also um, stole something or did something, as, we, as we'll see in the, the later verses. And so, the second point 
um, I want you to take is, uh, is forgiveness is truly loving that person or, or truly loving the person who has wronged you um, as a brother and sister in Christ. And um, I'm going to finish up with 17 through 22 and walk, let's walk through this together. And so Paul, he's, uh, he continues on uh, writing this letter to Philemon. And he says, So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your owing me, even your own south. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. And um, I find it very unique here um, that Paul, there's kind of a uh, unique um, place, uh, let me get the word, a unique writing in this that Paul is, is being an example of what Christ was for us. It says, um, Receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. And I think it's interesting here that Paul is writing this to Philemon. He's reminding him of the gospel that, hey, you, uh, Christ took the penalty for your sin, and out of that, it's going to empower you to be able to forgive Onesimus for what he has done. And um, I think we have to remember if we will ever be able to forgive that we must be empowered and remember the Gospel that we have been forgiven much, much, right? If we look at ourselves, if we look at our sin, um, and uh, we have been forgiven much, and that's empower, empowering Him, um, reminding uh, reminding Philemon of what God has done in Christ for you, now you're able to do that now because of what Christ has done for you. And um, so I want us to remember that forgiveness goes... Often we, we think... Often we think that forgiveness is just uh, maybe saying, saying I forgive this person and never seeing or dealing with them again. Um, and I think this is uniquely within the body of Christ. I'm not talking with outsiders uh, about outsiders who have hurt us. Um, this is, in this context, it's about a, bro- a brother in Christ. And often, uh, we just want to deal with that person. Yeah, I'll, I'll say hi to him, um, him or her, um, but I won't go any deeper than that. But I, I believe Christian reconciliation, Christian forgiveness within the church must be um, working towards that restoration where I, hey, I serve that person. Uh, remember, Christ 
served us while we were yet sinners. He died for us while we were yet sinners. And often, uh, we have to be reminded that uh, we, we are not perfect. Um, we, have, we continue to fall short. Uh, and so we have to, uh, not just the day when we decided to follow Christ, but every day after, uh, we need the Gospel. We need to be reminded of it. And that will empower us to walk in that way. And so I want to recap with this. Um, God doesn't just want us to obey or forgive uh, because He tells us to, um, but He wants to ha- He wants us to have that in His in our hearts. Secondly, uh, forgiveness is truly loving them. It's taking that step further. And not just saying, I've forgiven them. I'm good on my side. Who cares about them? No, it's uh, I will serve and love them. Um, treat them as a brother or sister in Christ. As um, uh, Paul is pleading to Philemon to do that with Onesimus. And also, we must be reminded of the Gospel, of what Christ has done for us, to empower us to walk in the way of forgiveness and to walk um, as Christ has called us to walk. We must be reminded of what He has done for us. And so I want, I want us to reflect on that and think about what has God done for us in our sin, in our mess, um, I think about we, uh, my wife and I, we do cloth diapers for our son. <laughs> and um, I, I told myself that, or I thought to myself that I think God would uh, probably bring this up in a sermon someday about uh, using cloth diapers. Um, and if, if you've ever had to uh, use cloth diapers, you don't, you don't just, uh, as a disposal, fold it up and throw it in the throw it in the, the trash, right? Um, but we have to open it up, uh, spray it, wash it really good, and that's all my son's junk, right? All his uh, stuff that shouldn't be in his body. And <clears throat> we are reminded, I'm reminded, that that is what God has done for us um, in our crap. He has come down and He's washed us clean over and over, not just one time, right? Uh, and He picks us up. And that should empower us uh, to, to walk in the ways um, uh, that He has called us to. And in this specific, uh, this specific story, um, that enables us to forgive. And, and so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us. Um, and I'm not sure if... Uh, 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 worship would come back up. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pray for us uh, that we would be reminded of this. Lord, we come humbly um, at Your Word that is never changing, that is powerful, um, that, has, that have timeless truths uh, for us, Lord. And in, in this, I pray that uh, for that a man or woman, um, who's a Christian, um, that we would forgive them fully and serve them, Lord, and 
not out of our own doing. Uh, we can't muster it up within ourselves, but from your Spirit, from your Spirit working inside of us. I pray that we would be reminded of the Gospel each day that um, once we're saved, it's, um, we still make mistakes, we still stumble, we still fall in sin, um, and we're still in need of your grace. And so, Lord, I pray today that um, you would remind us of the Gospel, remind us of the truth of your Word, um, and that we would not believe the lies, or we would not be shifted by um, what the world tells us, um, Lord, but we would look at ourselves and see what first what you've done for us in order that we can um, forgive and walk in your ways because of what you've done for us. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.